Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Well, I'm Keith. I'm one of the associate pastors here. Excited to, just to get to share a message with you today and continue our talk and in this series we're calling Let's Talk About Church. Let's talk about church. And I love what we've done so far in our service because it's actually, you've already experienced what I'm about to teach you. You've already experienced what the Word says the body of Christ should look like. The way that the body should operate with one another. The way that we as believers should help one another. That's exactly what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you around the idea that you have something valuable to offer to others. That the Word of God, Scripture itself, actually says you have something to offer people around you. And it's so valuable. God has placed something so valuable on the inside of you that it can help people grow spiritually. That it can help people grow more healthy spiritually in their life. That's in you. You have that. But I want to sort of talk from two sides of the coin today because if what I said is true, and it is, it means that the person sitting next to you is just as valuable and has just as much potential to grow you and to increase you spiritually and in your health. You see, God has placed gifts on the inside of each and every single one of us, and he did it for a reason. So I want to show you that reason today. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be, we sort of opened up this scripture last week. We're going to be at the end of it in verses 15 through 16. This is Paul. He's talking about church. He's talking about the body of Christ. And look what he says. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, so the whole body is growing, the whole body is full of love, full of love. I want to title this message today, A Part to Play, A Part to Play. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time that we spend around your word. Around, around the Bible, around Scripture. And um, God, I'm just, we help people, that people that, that, that are listening right now, that they leave, God, with, with the help that they need, with the tools that they need. God, that you would equip them in these few moments that we have together. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We ask you to lead and to guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, I want to give you a chance to brag on yourself real quick this morning. Do we have any good cooks in the house? We have any good cooks? Go ahead, raise your hand confidently. Awesome. Great. What are you doing for lunch today? What do y'all, what y'all got going on? I know it's not meatloaf because no good cooks cook that, right? Um, whoops. It's so gross, y'all. It's so gross. Let me tell you, Jesus is not in meatloaf. We don't know what's in meatloaf. That's the problem. Well, just... My wife's right here. Just come. We'll, get, we'll have plans. Make it good. All right. We have some good cooks in the house. I'm not a good cook. I, I, I struggle when it comes to cooking. I'm, I'm not a good cook. I am a great eater, though. And um, it's actually this wonderful talent that I possess. It's, I, I'm actually so talented at eating 
that um, you can bring a plate full of food and you can set it in front of me and I'll finish it. And I'll finish it every single time. Like, I, that's how consistent I am. That's how, ta- that's how skilled I am. Like, I'm a, anybody else great eaters in here? Nobody wants to raise their hand for that one. I, like, yeah, I'm a great eater. You know, I, I, uh, I never really cook a lot in our house, but my wife does all of that. But, um, you know, there was this one morning, and she, uh, she left to go work out, and it was just me and the boys at the house. And I got up, and I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to be a really good dad today. I'm going to be a great husband, and I'm going to cook, and I'm going to make everybody pancakes. Well, idea um, that I was going to cook in general, but I knew that in the, in the refrigerator there was this box of Bisquick, and I don't really know what Bisquick does, but I do know that it has pancakes on the cover, <laughs> and, and when I saw that, I was like, that's exactly what you have to use to make pancakes. Well, I'm awesome. I was right. And I turned it on the back, and it's like, all right, here's how. Here's how you make pancakes. You have the classic pancakes, two cups of Bisquick, uh, a cup of milk, two eggs. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is easy. I know what all of those are. But then you scroll down a little bit on the bottom. And if I'm going to do anything, if I'm going to cook a pancake, I'm not going to cook some classic pancake. They're going to show up. Wife's going to come in. I'll be like, guess what I prepared for you? The ultimate pancake. So it's a little bit more intricate. You got to add to all the stuff that I already named, but you got to add three tablespoons of sugar, two teaspoons of baking powder, some vegetable oil. And I'm like, sweet. All right. I was like, I I can do this. I know what all those are. And here I go. So I I get the sugar. Good. Then I'm like, baking powder. And so I have no idea what baking powder looks like. I have uh, no idea where it's at. So I'm searching all in the pantry, and I come across this, baking soda. And I think to myself, it's got to be the same thing. <laughs> this is, this is it, I mean, it, half, it has one of the words. It's got to be baking soda, baking powder. There can't be a difference, right? So I'm like, Boom, found it. This is going to be amazing. So I grabbed the baking soda, and I turn it over on the back, and then I notice it, it's talking to, it says, for a fresher, cleaner home. So then I begin to question myself, why would I clean with something and then put it in food? I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know I've seen my wife use this. I know I've seen my mom sprinkle it on the oven and clean it, but I know I've seen it's baking soda. Like, but there's this thing in my head, like there may be some poison in this thing. And so I'm forced into this decision. Do I use the baking soda or do I just cook classic pancakes? And the answer to that is you use the baking soda because we're going for the ultimate here. So like, surely it's going to work. So that's exactly what I do. I take my two teaspoons of baking soda. I throw it in there. I'm like, it may be poisonous. My kids are going to eat it. Taking the chance anyway. I'll try it first. Here we go. And, and I make these pancakes. And, um, and you know what happened. They just were not good. They were really, really bad. And it literally tasted like I just poured salt into my mouth. That's what it tasted like. So my wife... <laughs> My wife finally comes home. She's like, oh, my gosh, you made pancakes? I'm like, yeah, I made pancakes. Try some. They're not just any pancake, let me tell you. They are ultimate. 
Get you a taste of that, girl. I'd already tasted them. I knew. She tastes them. This is, what did you do? I'm like, what did you do? I don't know. I guess baking soda apparently isn't the same thing as baking powder. My son feels so sorry for me. He's sitting at the table eating the pancakes. He's like, well, you made them and nobody's eating them and it was so nice of you to make them. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just pour more syrup on it, dude. You'll be fine. I did. I did make this for you. I was like, bro, I was like, I'm just kidding. Just stop. I was like, I'm so secure in Jesus. Throw the pancakes away. I will be fine. <clears throat> but the, the truth is, there is no substitute. Baking soda is not the substitute for baking powder. Like, there was something missing in the mixture. There was something missing that, that it was incomplete. And can I just say today that when it comes to the body of Christ and it comes to the part that you play, there's no substitute for you. God has made you perfect. He's given you the, he's made you the perfect ingredient, so to speak. And you have a part to play in the body of Christ. And you fit perfectly. You're just the right amount. You're just the right portion. Your gift is just big enough. And God says, if you'll use that gift, you actually make this body that we call Renew Life Church, you actually make this body known as the global body of Christ, you actually make it what it's supposed to be. See, some of you think that your part tastes bad to the body. Some of you think that you don't have anything to offer, that you've been through too much, that you've done too many bad things, that you've disqualified yourself. And can I say, there's nothing further from the truth because I know what God says and he says it right here and he says you're valuable and he says you have a gift and that gift is actually to show God to others and he placed it in you. So the thing is this, you either believe the word or you don't. You either believe what he says or you don't. And God says he made you perfect and God says he made you a part and you have a part to play. This is what Paul was talking to us about in this Ephesians 4. If you look at verse 16, again, he says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Now, Paul's talking about Jesus here, okay? Jesus, he's saying Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The truth is this, you have something that the person sitting next to you doesn't have. You have a gift that they just don't possess. Uh, for instance, like some of you are really kind. Some of you, we know we don't have that. Some of us have the gift to play an instrument and we don't have that. Some of us have the gift of compassion and service and administration we have these gifts, and the gift that you have is unique. The gift that you have is special. And God, in his miraculous power, in Jesus, in his miraculous power in leading the body, he said, I gave you the gift the way that I gave it to you. It's specific to you, and it's intentional. And it actually fits perfectly in the body, if it's perfect. The point is this. You have everything that you need. God didn't say, hey, I want you, you have a part to play, but you're going to have to come up a little bit. You're going to you're gonna have to do better, you know. 
You want to be, you want to be on this team called the body of Christ? Yeah. You need to put on 20 pounds and start lifting, girl. No, no. He said, I gave you the gift. You have it. It fits perfectly. And it has a part to play in this thing we call church. You know, so many of us, we, we're not okay with our gift. Can, we, can I just be honest? We're, we're, we're not okay with it. We, we all want the big gifts, don't we? We all want the, the, the thing that's cool, the thing that everybody sees, the thing that's popular, the thing that make, can make you famous. You know, I, I think of Steve-O up here, and somehow he's able to sing, play the guitar, and somehow do this little dancing and never crash into the drum set. Anybody ever just got worried for a second? You just got, yeah, you, okay, completely distracted. It's like, yes, God, oh, okay, we made it. We're still worshiping. It's like he, he, he has that gift, but can I tell you, his gift is no more important than yours. It doesn't have a bigger part to play than yours. In fact, his gift it's worth nothing outside of the body. God gave him the gift, why? So he could use it in the kingdom of God. So that he could use it to advance the kingdom. So he could use it to build up people. You've been given the gift to build up people, to help people, to, as Paul says, to grow people. Some of you are looking for growth in health. Your growth, your health, it's in somebody else. I actually believe this. God gave you your gift, and he left some gifts out on purpose. He left gifts out on purpose. You want to know why? Because in hopes that you would go find the gift in somebody else. In hopes that you would connect to the gift in somebody else. That you would rub up on somebody, and their gift will get on you. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody's that cool. Nobody's that gifted. We actually all need one another. We all need each other. The value that the body has brought to my life has just been unbelievable. I remember, um, and I'll, Braden, he probably doesn't remember this, but when he was in Amarillo and I was coming and I was in college, I remember we were at this event and he was there. And I was walking around, I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo. It's like, I'm going to get a tattoo. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to put it on my wrist. It's going to be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to say God's servant. Sounds sort of cool, right? He's like, don't get that. He's like, you probably don't want to get that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, God's servant? Like, it doesn't get any better than that. Like, I'm, that's so humble of me to, to get that tattoo, right? He's like, listen, man, I've been learning some things. Like, you don't want to get that. And can I just say I'm so thankful that I didn't get a tattoo that shows me who I was before Jesus? Because I'm not his servant, I'm his son. And I would have had to walk around my whole life with some dumb tattoo that says God's servant. And I've been reminded that my, my life is stuck in the law. And can I just say this? If you have that tattoo, I'm really sorry right now. But <laughs> you say, well, what's so spiritual about that? I mean, is that really what Paul's talking about, of us bringing our part, our part to play? Absolutely it is. Come on, parents, raise your hand if you would love for a college pastor or a youth pastor to keep your kid from getting a dumb tattoo. You know you do. I remember 
me and my wife had just gotten married and been married for six months. And all of a sudden, one uh, a night, I'm, I'm bent over. I'm in a lot of pain. And I actually had to be rushed to the hospital for an appendectomy. My appendix was about to explode. And all this was going wrong. And the, the, the really great thing about that is we were married for six months. I don't know if you know this, but once you get married, you're no longer on your parents' insurance. So you're welcome if you didn't know that. So here we were six, eight months into our marriage, and we get this bill from the hospital for $20,000. I'm still in college. I'm still playing football. Now, in my church, there was a doctor, and he came to me and said, hey, there's, th- th- there's people in the hospital that help people like you in your situation. And he got me co- connected to the right person. And when I got connected to the right person, I told him our situation. Hear me today, 100% of the bills were covered. They waived everything. $20,000 gone. I have to go for a checkup and do some other testing. We, don't, we can't pay this. They said, well, what did the hospital do for you? I said, well, they, they, they matched, a hunt, they, they paid 100%. They said, we'll match it. It's covered. It's gone. I'm, I'm beginning to find out there's, because you're, you're thinking, that's, that's just really natural, Keith. I, I, don't, I don't see any healing or miracles or, or certain. No, that, that, that's not, can't be what Paul was talking about. It's exactly what he was talking about. I've discovered so many natural things are actually spiritual. The natural things we can bring to one another actually produce a spiritual result. Can I tell you my spiritual result? Not one day have we ever lacked when it comes to money. We've never needed, we've never wanted, we've had everything we've ever needed because of him and his goodness. I'm telling you, that natural thing, that natural connection, it became spiritual for me. It is spiritual. Now I don't live in fear of money. We've never lived in fear of money. We've tithed and given since we've been married. Why? Because we know God as provider. Where did I get that? Not from a great message, from an experience with a part that I didn't have. You say, well, what should I do, Keith? Get around the body. I don't know what my gift is. Doesn't mean you don't have one. You got a part to play. You got a part to play, I said. You're too valuable. You're too valuable to sit around here You're not allowed to sit on the bench at Renew Life Church. If you came here to sit on the bench, this is not the place for you. You can sit there for a while, but sooner or later, God, the coach, is going to call you in. He's going to call you on the field and say, run this play. Lay your hands on that person. They need hope, and you have it. Give it to them. You have a part to play. You're too valuable. So you got to get around it. Second thing you got to do, just be humble. Someone has something that I don't. Humility says, I don't have everything that I need. I don't have it all. Humility says, I have to have what they have. Oh, and when they go to give it, you submit to it. And you will receive the benefit of being connected to the body. I'll close with this. It's 1 Corinthians 12. It's the Apostle Paul. You've probably heard it in other translations. I, I read it for the first time in, in the message, and 
It's Paul and he's comparing the body of Christ to a physical body. Just like what we've been, I can't say to the mouth, I'm not gonna listen to you. You know, like you can't, we all have to be connected. Look at how he finishes this idea. He says, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant and not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size in its proper place. No part is important on its own. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. And get this right here. Every part dependent on every other part. Did you know that you actually need to be dependent on the parts in this body? We're supposed to depend on one another. Let me say it this way. We're supposed to be dependable for one another. This is how we grow. This is how we mature. This is how we get to this place where Paul says we're full of love. He said every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. And if one part flourishes, every other part enters in to the exuberance. Let's talk about church. This is the church. Let's talk about church in this series. This, what we just talked about today, this is the church. This is what Jesus gave his life up for. This is who Jesus is coming back for. This is who Jesus says, I'm the head of this thing. Every part doing their part, helping us grow. God, we thank you. We thank you that we have a gift. We thank you that we have a part to play. And it all has come from your goodness. We haven't done anything to get it. But it's been a gift from you. We receive our gift. We thank you for our gift. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.